Section thirteen of National Geographic Magazine, Volume two, numbers three to five. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Geographic nomenclature, remarks by A. H. Thompson. Mr. Thompson. I hardly know how I came to be brought into this discussion. The secretary caught me in his net unawares and unprepared. I do not propose to trespass long on your time, nor do I suppose I shall add anything to a philosophical discussion of geographic nomenclature. I only wish to call your attention to a few principles that obviously should be followed in the selection of new geographic names, and to show some absurdities and difficulties which are liable to occur if the sentiment in favor of Indian nomenclature is allowed full liberty. A geographic name should be short, euphonic, pronounced as spelled, and have a meaning or express some sentiment to help fix it in the memory. Especially should these principles govern when we consider that in childhood, in our school days, we obtain by far the greater portion of our geographic knowledge. The old Spanish explorers followed these rules largely in their geographic nomenclature, and although Saint and Sierra occur with alarming frequency, there is always some reason for the appellation. Either they saw a line of peaks cut the horizon, or the christening occurred on the natal day of the holy martyr. Rio Dolores and Las Animas are certainly better than Sorrow Creek or Solwash, and even Purgatoire, though the Colorado cowboy corrupts it into picket wire, is better than Cottonwood Creek. Some Indian names are very expressive, characterizing topographic features. In northern Arizona is a steep volcanic neck or needle, its sharp sides rising in one step 1,200 feet above the surrounding country. From the base of this pinnacle, two long lava dikes stretch on either hand in a gentle curve across the mesa. The resemblance to the spreading wings of a bird is striking, and the Navajo Indian calls the rock Agathla, the flying bird. A name well worthy, it seems to me, of being placed on the maps of that region, as it is on the one I hold in my hand. But on the same map, close alongside, is Tezebaakit Lake, a barbarous appellation, unspellable, unpronounceable, and unlovely. Nor can I say less in denunciation of Gilegini Mesa, a name that needs intimate acquaintance with wigwam smoke and Navajo gutturals to handle lingually. But what shall we say of Bukudotklish Canyon, the Navajo name for what the white man calls with better propriety, it seems to me for our maps, Bluestone Wash, Togoholtas e Spring, could hardly be worse in English. And here is Sa Hot Soid Be Aj E Canyon. Pronounce it as you please or can. Sandwiched between Gothic Wash and Gypsum Valley. One hardly knows which to prefer Indian or English. Canyon del Muerto, the Canyon of the Dead, so named from the discovery of mummified or rather desiccated Indian bodies in the cliffs seems very appropriate, but its brother canyon, 
Canyon de Chelly, pronounced Canyon de Chey, will be neither spoken nor written correctly. On the same map are shown two small mesas, crowned with forests and standing beautiful and symmetric in the landscape. They attract attention at once, and the Indian, with a fine sense of appropriateness, names them Son Sala, the Twin Stars, another name well worthy of being retained. Some patriotic American has named the deep gorge separating the stars Washington Pass, a good example of the right name in a wrong place. The sense of broad humor that often characterizes the Indian leads him to sometimes give the inquirer a name expressive of contempt or bearing a meaning hardly translatable to ears polite. Nick Doitso e Peak is an example, and I confess with considerable humiliation that I was the victim in this case. I present these instances, Mr. Chairman, to emphasize the necessity of adopting some guiding principles to aid us in the selection of geographic names. End of section 13